Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Hey everybody, good morning and welcome to all you guys who are watching online. Thank you for tuning in. Stay engaged, fill out that Connect card, and uh, we'd love to see you in person here on Sunday soon. Thank you so much. And uh, great to see everybody here uh, in the building as always. Uh, spring is spr- uh is springing? I don't know. It's, I say spring has sprung. It's, it's, it's definitely coming. Um, but uh, man, we are excited, as Scott said, for Easter weekend. Uh, today is one month out, uh, April 15th through the 17th. Uh, those uh, six services over three days. Uh, it is going to be awesome. And so this series that we're beginning today uh, at the cross, uh, and, and really we kind of began uh, the series Friday night. How many of you were here Friday night and just enjoyed what an amazing night of of worship and prayer. Yeah, and so all of this is geared toward preparing us spiritually uh, for the resurrection. Uh, The resurrection of Jesus, man, it means everything. It is the cornerstone uh, of our faith. You know, Jesus is alive. Uh, Sin and death have been defeated. We can have a relationship with God, a personal love relationship. We can have a home in heaven. Uh, Through the resurrection, we can be restored to the people that God intended for us to be. But the truth is, there is no resurrection without the crucifixion. Without the cross. You know, there's no Easter Sunday without Good Friday. And we're never going to be able to understand the beauty and the miracle of the resurrection until we first understand the pain and the purpose and the power of the cross. So what happened at the cross? Uh, Who was there with Jesus? What does the cross mean to you today? Uh, That's what this series is all about, at the cross You know, the cross has become the ultimate symbol of of our faith, you know, the Christian faith. Every church has a cross, you know, somewhere on it or in it, and and, uh, we use crosses today to decorate our homes. We wear crosses as jewelry, you know, around our necks or on our ears. Some of you have crosses uh, tattooed somewhere on your body. The cross has become such a common symbol that it's easy to forget what it really means, you know, what it stands for. Hebrews 12.2 puts all that into perspective. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Now listen to this. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides, beside God's throne. Now I want you to underline that that phrase there, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. You know, the people who were living in Jesus' day uh, in the first century, they never, ever, I mean, they could not even imagine, think of wearing a cross as a piece of jewelry. It never would have been a decoration in their home. The the cross to them was a, a symbol of shame. It was an instrument of death, of fear, that the Romans were using to terrorize them. Uh, It it was to send a a power, its purpose, listen to this, its purpose wasn't just to kill someone. It was to all out humiliate them. And it was a powerful message that Rome was sending uh, that they were in control. And so in a way, that's what's so extraordinary about Jesus. 
that Jesus willingly endured the cross and the Bible says it's shame. Through his death, what was once a symbol of death and shame has been transformed into the ultimate symbol of hope. So during this series, we're going to go back 2,000 years to the very first Good Friday uh, in Jerusalem, to those, those few hours that, that changed all of human history. We're going to experience the cross through the eyes of those who were there when Jesus was crucified. And it's through their experience that hopefully we're going to gain a deeper perspective of the purpose and the power of the cross, the the power of God to, to radically transform people's lives. Because if you understand the cross, it changes you. And you'll never be the same again. Now I do want you to keep in mind this though. We're gonna be talking about it through the eyes, again, of the people who were there. Not the people that you would expect, though. Because most of Jesus' disciples were not there. You know, Peter and his crew, those that were closest to Jesus during his ministry, during his, you know, his time, they ran. They were scared. They're they're gone. Instead, we're going to look at the cross through the eyes of a handful of individuals. We're going to look at it through the eyes of a devoted servant, Mary Magdalene, who helped Jesus throughout his ministry and was standing at the foot of the cross when Jesus died. We're going to look at the cross through the eyes of Jesus' mother, Mary, who was there when Jesus breathed his first breath, and she was there when he breathed his last. We're going to look at it through the eyes of a condemned criminal, a man who was dying on the cross right next to Jesus. But a single conversation right before his death changed his eternity forever. So today, we're going to look at the cross through the eyes of someone who was there with Jesus, uh, not as a friend, but as an enemy. Someone who was there to uh, help beat, whip, torture, and crucified Jesus. We're going to look at the cross through the eyes of a Roman soldier. And uh, his story is found in Matthew chapter 27. You can follow along on your uh, outline on the screen. If you have your uh, Bible app or your Bible, follow along beginning with verse 26. So Pilate ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Now, They whipped him so that uh, he wouldn't last as long on the cross. That's why they did that, so that he would die sooner. And a a lead-tipped whip would literally just tear into the flesh and rip it off. You see, when someone was crucified, it it wasn't the the spikes that went through their their wrist and and their feet uh, that killed them. They would eventually just become so weak that they couldn't expand their lungs. They couldn't lift their head any longer. And so they would just just suffocate. Verse 27. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. 
They placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. And then they kneeled before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! They spit on him. And they grabbed a stick and they struck him on the head with it. You see, they weren't just getting him ready for execution. Uh, They were mocking him. They were humiliating him. They were torturing him. Verse 31. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. Verse 34, the soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they had nailed him to the cross, and again, they, they put spikes through uh, the bones uh, in his wrist, in the lower part of his arm, not uh, you know, his hands as sometimes is depicted, and then they would drive one through his feet. After they nailed him to the cross, The soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. You know, it's really hard for us to stomach what what actually happened to Jesus on that day. But what I want you to, to kind of process today is that for that Roman soldier, we just need to understand that that was just a normal day at the office for this guy. I mean, this was his job. He was used to it. It was his job to beat, degrade, mock, and execute anybody who stood in Rome's way. For him, it was just another Friday. Now, can you imagine if that was your job? If that's what you did day after day after day after day, how that might impact you, how that might change you. It must have had an impact on this Roman soldier. You see, I don't believe that anyone, I don't believe that the Roman soldier it was born a, you know, a hardened skeptic. But I think he became one. You know, a hard life has a way of making even the strongest among us a skeptic. Even today. Maybe that's you. Maybe you had a very painful childhood and um, your parents weren't there for you or worse. And uh, you're still hurting as a result. Maybe you thought you had a marriage that was gonna last forever, but your spouse walked out, maybe did unthinkable things and you are alone and crushed. Maybe that that dream career that you worked so hard for is is gone. That future family that you've been praying for and planning for for years seems so unlikely after yet another miscarriage. Maybe it's a loved one who's been ravaged with cancer and it doesn't appear there's any hope. See, what I'm saying is that sometimes life, real life, is enough to turn anybody into a, a skeptic. It's true of us, and listen, it was true for that Roman soldier as well. And yet for him, that day started like any other day. And yet it was that day that grace finally broke through 
and change his life forever. That's what it takes. It is only the power of God's grace that can break through a hard heart. And there are some of you here today, some of you maybe watching this online, and for whatever reason, your heart has become hard. Life has beaten you down. Life's not fair. You feel mistreated, forgotten, skipped over, and if you're honest, you know that it has changed you. It's done a number on you. And it's caused you to doubt God's love for you, to doubt God's grace. And I just want you to hear today that no matter your past, no matter your pain, it is possible for your heart to come alive again. Just like for this Roman soldier. And so today, we're going to explore some lessons about God's grace that I think we can learn from his experience on that day at the cross. So here's the first one, if you're taking notes. God is always at work. He is always at work drawing people to himself. Listen, you know, the life of a Roman soldier wasn't easy at all. It was, it was maybe much like military families today. You know, they're, they're called to be far from home, far from their families. Uh, they especially, in this day, lived in very difficult circumstances. Often they were sent to hostile territories. They would march miles and miles a day. They would build walls and forts and roads. And yes, they would even crucify rebels. And you can imagine for this Roman soldier that when he woke up on that particular Friday morning that he was expecting just the same old day, the same old drudgery. And maybe, maybe there's some of you today, you, you wake up on some days feeling the same thing. You know, the alarm clock goes off, you know, you eat the same old food for breakfast, you take the same old route into work, and when you get there, you do the same thing over and over and over. And in your mind, you get to the point where it seems also futile and pointless, and you wonder to yourself, man, what's the purpose of all this? Where's the value? I mean, does my life and what I do even matter? And that futility as well can harden you to the point where you begin not to even recognize God's work in your life. You don't see God's blessings in your life. You may even doubt if God cares about you and if he has a plan and a purpose for you. You see, when that Roman soldier woke up that Friday, he didn't know it either. But God was already working in his life. He didn't see it, but God was about ready just to, to cut through all of the mundane all of the futility, and change him. And I believe that God wants to do the same thing in your life. He wants you to know that, that you have been created for more, so much more than just existing, so much more than just you know going through the motions. He wants you to know that he is working in your life, that he has a plan for you. Listen to Acts 17, 27. God's purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps fuel their way towards him and find him though he is not far from any one of us. Maybe right now in your life it feels, though, that God is a long way away from you. Maybe you're struggling. 
And it feels like, you know, God, you're not answering my prayers for my career, my family, my finances, whatever it is that you might be going through. The good news is that through every event, every circumstance, every, listen, the good and the bad in your life, even the pain, God is still working for your very best. And even when you don't recognize it, God is there. He is working for you behind the scenes. Ultimately, God's goal for your life and for mine, it is for you to turn from your sin, to turn away from uh, from your own way of living, and to begin to follow him, to come home, to let Jesus be the Lord and the leader of your life, and to trust him with your future and with your purpose. Romans 2.24 says this, don't you see how wonderfully kind tolerant and patient God is with you. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? God had a purpose for that soldier that day. And he was working through his life and in his life even though he didn't see it at first. And I just want you to know that God is doing the same thing in your life, even though you might not be able to see it. He is always at work. Grace lesson number two, God desires everyone to come to Jesus. God desires everyone to come to Jesus. You know, is there someone in your life right now and you just think to yourself, Pastor Chris, you just don't know, this person, man, they're a lost cause. I mean, yeah, I get it, God loves everybody, but that person, This person, I mean, the way they act, the way they behave, the things that they do, this person is beyond hope, beyond redemption, beyond God's reach. They're a lost cause. Well, hear me out. If there was ever a lost cause, it would have been this Roman soldier. I mean, you think about it. Think about all the people that he had tortured all the people that he had beaten, all the people that he had mocked and killed and executed. And on that Friday morning, he had no idea who he was going to be executing. The truth is, he probably didn't really care. I mean, it's just one more person. It's just, you know, one more rebel to beat, to mock, to torture, to crucify. And so if there was ever a lost cause, surely it was this guy. I mean, he's the last person on earth that you would expect that could be saved. The person, the one who actually crucified Jesus. You see, listen, we need to wrestle with this today because this right here, this is the scandal of Christianity. This is the scandal of God's grace that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, Our God still loves you. He still wants to save you. He still wants to forgive you, to transform you, to bring you into a relationship with him. That's the lesson of grace that this Roman soldier teaches us at the cross. Romans 5. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still what? Sinners. Guys, that's a picture of what real love looks like. God's love to be willing to die for someone 
who doesn't love you, who doesn't deserve it, who hasn't always done the right thing, just like the Roman soldier, and just like you, and just like me. That's the scandal of Christianity. That's exactly what Jesus did. Listen to me. Even if you feel like you have been running from God, even if you feel like you've turned your back on God, even if at some point you have actually cursed God to his face, listen to this, God still loves you. God still loves you and he cares about you and he wants you to come home. In fact, I believe that's why you're here today. I believe that, you know, that you're not here you know, by accident. I think you're here because God is working in your life. I think you're here because he has been pursuing you your entire life. He is always at work, and anyone can come to him. And he wants you here, and he wants you to come home. Today, he wants to wipe away your sin, to give you new life in Christ, to give you a brand new start. Grace lesson number three. God never gives up on anyone. He never gives up on anyone. You see, when the Roman soldier woke up that morning, he probably wasn't looking for God. He probably, you know, again, he'd given up on that a long time ago. You know, there's just one of many gods, and who really cares? Here's the thing. God was looking for him. God never gives up on anyone. Now, I don't don't know about you, but I have limited patience, right? How many of you pray for patience on a regular basis, right? I mean, you, you know, we have limited patience. It's something we pray about, something we need. Now, even if, even if you are the most patient human being in the world, you still have a limit to it, though, don't you? I mean, we have a limit where, where we get to a point and enough is enough. But God's patience is unlimited. He gives us every opportunity to, to turn to him. 2 Samuel 14, 14, but God does not just sweep life away. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. Maybe you think God is is so big and so busy that your life doesn't matter. But every life matters. Every life matters to God. He doesn't just sweep any of them away. You know, it's possible to, to live your life in such a way and to experience such heartache and such pain and such disappointment in life that you do begin to feel like God doesn't care about you. And that he has given up on you. Listen, God doesn't give up on anyone. Even the people that you and I might give up on. Let, let me ask you, do, do you have that friend or you know, family member that you care about? And you want them to come to church with you? You want them to meet Jesus? And it just seems like their heart is so hard. And maybe you make an invitation or you bring up Jesus and, man, they just shut you down. And you think, man, there's just no way. There's no way that they're ever going to come to Christ. Maybe, maybe part of you has given up hope that they'll ever believe. Listen, God hasn't given up on them. 
And you don't either. I, I think that's one of the lessons here of this Roman soldier, that it's never too late. It's never, you know, no one is too far gone. As long as there is one last breath in your body, there is still hope. You know, that's why we, you know, we, we make such a big push here and, you know, at Coastal, you know, leading up to big days like, like Easter weekend. Invite and bring somebody with you. Make the ask. These are just, you know, these are just tools. The, you know, the ticket, the, the book. Next week we'll have, we'll have yard signs. You know, we're sending out postcards. Listen, what's the worst thing that could happen? They say no. You know, they, they, they you know, sneer at you a little bit. Really? That's how weak you are? What's the best thing that could happen? And their life could be changed forever. They could wind up in heaven for all eternity. Listen, you're here right now because somebody invited Pastor Chris to church. When I was 13 years old, invited me to church, changed my life forever, gave my life to Jesus, and God called me into the ministry. Listen, we, we got people here at Coastal right now because they saw a yard sign, you know, on the street somewhere. Got saved. Make the ask. Take as many of those tickets as you want. Spread them out. Today after church, you go out to eat somewhere here in, in Charleston, you leave a generous tip and you leave a bunch of tickets. If you don't leave a generous ticket, a tip, do not invite anybody to Coastal. You, you repent of your sin and you, yeah. Listen, no one is ever too far gone. Make the ask. Don't give up. And that's why this final lesson is so important. God can transform instantly. You know, one of the amazing things about God's grace is that God can take a cold, hard heart and bring it to life in a moment, instantly. You see, see you don't have to earn forgiveness, okay? You, you, you don't have to work for God's grace. You don't have to attend church for a certain period of time. You don't have to know a certain amount of things about the Bible. You don't have to make up for all the mistakes, for all the sin, for all the, you know, the stuff in your past in order to become a Christian, in order to receive God's grace. No, when you genuinely just turn from your sin and ask for God's forgiveness, you receive it immediately. No strings attached. Jesus did that for you on the cross. That's the scandal of God's grace. You see, when the Roman soldier woke up that Friday morning, he was a hardened skeptic. By Friday afternoon, his life, his heart had been changed. Go back to Matthew 27. After hours on the cross, Jesus had breathed his last breath. By the way, when you read, when you look at the Gospels, most experts agree that Jesus was probably crucified around nine o'clock in the morning. Now, keep in mind that Jesus wasn't arrested until late the night before. They took him into trial. He was crucified by 9 a.m. in the morning. This was not a long time. This was a quick thing. And, and most people believe that he was on the cross and crucified around 9, and he died around 3 p.m. He was on the cross for six hours. And then the Bible says that something, something extraordinary took place when he died. There was an earthquake. During the earthquake, rocks split apart. And in the temple, 
the holy place, in the temple, there was this curtain that had separated where normal people could go from the holy place from where only the priests could go. And that curtain was ripped, split from top to bottom, representing that no longer did anything or anyone stand between us and God. That now we have direct, direct access to a relationship with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. And then it says that in and around Jerusalem, listen to this, that tombs, graves, opened up and godly men and women rose from the dead. It was an incredible sight. And so all of this is happening. And the Roman soldier is standing there witnessing all of this. And the Bible says that in this moment, his cynicism melted away. His hard heart melted away. And he believed. Verse 54, the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that happened. They said, this man truly was the son of God. That day, that Roman soldier discovered who Jesus really was. And it transformed him. That's the power of the cross. In an instant. And that can happen in your life. It can happen in the life of your friend, your family member. Listen, no matter what your past looks like, you can believe today. You could be transformed in an instant today. This next verse tells us how to do that. What does it take? Listen to this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Notice it says, you will be saved. Not uh, you might be saved or you could be saved or maybe at some point in the future if you do enough good things to make up for all the bad that you've done, then maybe probably you, you might be saved. No. It says because of the cross, when you believe in Jesus and you believe in your heart that God did raise him from the dead and you proclaim that he is not just the Lord but he is your Lord, it says you'll be saved in an instant. And you will experience God's grace and his salvation and his spirit will come and live in your life and set you free. If you are ready to believe that Jesus is Lord, right now, I wanna pray for you. And as we pray, I hope that today, for the very first time, you will open up your heart and your life to God's grace, to his love, to his salvation, and that you can experience in your own life right now, right now. And then you can begin to, to grow in your newfound faith just to become more and more, like, like God now sees you, his forgiven forever son or daughter. Bow your heads and pray with me.
Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today in awe of what you did on the cross, what you accomplished. Thank you for sending Jesus, your son, when we turned our backs on you, when we weren't living for you, when we were saying, God, I'm gonna live my own way, I'm gonna be my own boss, my own God. You didn't let us go off onto our own destruction, you reached out. You came from heaven and walked into our world. Jesus, you died on the cross so that we could have eternal life, so that we could have new life here and now. So Father, I wanna pray for those who are here today, those who are watching, and you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe your heart's been hard for a long time, but you're not here today by accident. God brought you here for a reason, for a purpose, and he is knocking on the door of your heart right now. For the first time, you need to just pray and accept God into your life. And I want you to pray a prayer something like this right now in your heart. God, just as the Roman soldier did that day, I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for my sin and that he was raised from, from death so that I could be forgiven. And God, as much as I know how, right now, I just wanna follow him. Father, today we, we thank you that you give us such undeserved grace and love. And Father, right now I also wanna pray for, for all these tickets and books and yard signs and postcards and online ads and all the, all the invitations that are gonna be given. God, there is a friend, there's a family member, there's a neighbor, there's a coworker that is on the heart of somebody here at Coastal. They've been praying for this person for a long time. God, help them not to give up hope, not to lose hope knowing that you're always working behind the scenes, that no one is too far gone, and that you can change life in an instant. Lord, give us the, the courage and the boldness to, to keep loving, to keep serving, to keep sharing, and to make the ask. Maybe, just maybe, just like this Roman soldier, they would be forever changed. We pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.